This is Linux in Laws, a podcast on topics around free and open source software, any associated contraband, communism, the revolution in general, and whatever else fancies your tickle. Please note that this and other episodes may contain strong language, offensive humor, and other certainly not politically correct language. You have been warned. Our parents insisted on this disclaimer. Happy mum! Thus, the content is not suitable for consumption in the workplace, especially when played back on a speaker in an open-plan office or similar environments. Any minors under the age of 35 or any pets, including fluffy little killer bunnies, your trusted guide dog, unless on speed, and cute T-Rexes or other associated dinosaurs. Welcome to Linux and Laws, Season 1, Episode 66, I think. Martin how, Martin, how are things? How are things? <laughs> things are fine. The, um, uh, we, we're having a, a small lull in the heat wave, so it's actually quite comfortable. Uh, What about yourself? I can't complain. We <laughs> have a lull too, as in just okay. a small dip. The temperature has dropped to a balmy 33 degrees here. It was way, way hotter the previous day. But hmm. I reckon, in in con in comparison to Birmingham, this is more like the, the the real summer because now in Birmingham it's what 23 degrees or something, right? That would yeah, be considered it's, winter it's, in Germany. It's it's only 20 today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yes, we so had a few few 30 days, which was sort of so yeah. time to put on the winter jacket once again. <laughs> yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Excellent. Put the jumper on. Yep. Um, so, how's the state of the kingdom? Before I forget to ask. Uh, well, we had you a new leader at some point, but uh, yeah. so I heard. Yeah, Boris is on the way out, right? Well, yes, he has resigned, but yeah, it's, he's manning the, the the job for the time being until they got another one. <laughs> so your ruse finally worked. Excellent, Martin. Oh <laughs> uh, well, it's not not not, not no, no, just Martin, mine. <laughs> many hang on, you're supposed to say I had nothing to do with it. Any the, any, um... any claim to the contrary <laughs> is of course wrong. <laughs> It, it was entirely his own doing, uh, sadly, or sadly, or happily, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I mean, if, um, if current press reports are not current, but if previous mm. press reports are anything to go by, I mean, if you're if you're imposing lockdown on the country, and then have a go your, yourself at parties left, right, and center, and then somebody leaks this, to be honest with you, I expect it to be him to be gone er, way earlier than than just now. Yeah, it's, thing is, well, I mean, Lizzie is not in charge of affairs anymore because in previous times, the ruler would have simply <laughs> had such a subject decapitated that, mm. at a place called the Tower of London, and that was that. End of story. Yeah, but with yeah, all yeah, this yeah. Dem democracy shenanigans, all the rest of it, you cannot do this anymore. Never it, mind uh, the fact well, that the, that the yeah. kingdom now is a so-called constitutional monarchy, if, if I recall this correctly. Um, well, you could. Um... You could consider that uh, the uh, the smartphone was his downfall because this, <laughs> you get all these people taking pictures these days, which um, means there's un undeniable proof, right? Indeed. So, Boris, if you're if you're listening, if you're listening, yeah, <laughs> ban smartphones Martin... from your parties. <laughs> <laughs> I think, given the fact that Martin has just fired marketing once again last week, feel free to apply. Hmm. <laughs> Yes, no, no, the stint no. may be short, but hey, but hey, <laughs> can't, can't be any worse. Some, you yeah. lose some. 
<laughs> but this is not about politics, but this is rather about open source software and the surrounding ecosystem. And today's subject is actually, Martin? Uh, cryptocurrencies? In, indeed, cryptocurrencies. So before we go into the details, we, maybe we should paint the picture a little bit with regards okay. to what currencies are and why they're important. Okay. You want us? You want us enlightened about um, Maui and shells and all the rest of it, or? Uh, well, it was uh, stuff like uh, grain and things and sheep, wasn't it? To start with, it's like uh, oh, yes, we, we, these uh, would be yeah tra tradable items. Yeah. These would be the so-called commodity-backed currencies. In ancient times, yes, hmm. you would have sheep, women, men. In, in trade in exchange for Slaves, goods and other yeah, and yeah, services, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yes. Hmm. And now, before we get any 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 hate mail from the politically correct people, that was that was something called a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Yes. In ancient, I mean, the whole nature of a currency is essentially to provide a basis for the exchange of goods and services. So, in ancient times, yes, gold. Precious metals in general, gold, silver, all the rest of it. Maybe even commodities like, what's what I'm looking for? Cattle. <laughs> and yeah, some other grain stuff. and things like that. Right? Grain. Yeah. Exactly. Which was followed by something called a fiat currency. Yeah. Uh, which is an entity that is not backed by a commodity, as a matter of fact, but rather Ooh. backed by an elusive thing called, normally known as a state. So a state can issue, or not the state, but rather the Central bank of a country normally issues notes mm -hmm. and other currency items, and this is normally known as a fiat currency. Okay. Um, in the, so, in the, in, yeah. Yes. So, so how do these um, states actually back this, these pieces of paper? By their words. Hence the problem with, with fiat <laughs> currencies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you get my drift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Carry on. Yeah. I mean, this is why you have hyper. I mean, this is why you have hyperinflation throughout history. The 30s in Germany would probably be the, the, be the best example. Or it was 1929. I can't remember details. Maybe the show notes where actually the value of money skyrocketed and people according to the, to the tales well, of my yeah, grandfather. Yes, yeah, so it's probably not the, the value of money so much, is it? It's more the um, the non-value of money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, my my yeah. great grandfather, if I recall hmm. this correctly, told me laws about people using yeah. kind of small tr trolley carriers to kind of move money from mm. their houses to a bank because that because it was simply too much for them to carry yeah no i've, Apparent... I've, got, I've got some uh some german notes with like uh, 10 billion a billion yes, on them. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's that's exactly it yes <laughs> i hope they're not stashed inside a book called my 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 struggle <laughs> If, <laughs> in German, no less. My yes. If 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 <laughs> they ever get, this... no no, if they <laughs> ever go back to the, um... it's, it's in Germany. It's illegal to even be in to to be really? to oh, right. be in okay. possession of this. Yes. Wow. Sorry for the for the uninitiated. Mein Kampf or my struggle. Why, why would it be illegal? Was... It's, it's really because a guy called the... Adolf Hitler wrote it. <laughs> yeah, but it's, no. As a matter it's of fact, a book. Yes. Uh, yes, it's it? a book, but it outlines essentially his vision upon which the Third Reich is based. Now, I'm, I'm not 100% correct because there is a commoners edition which is not illegal in Germany. Hmm. So you okay. can buy this, you can read uh -huh. this, but the, uh, one of, but the original uncommented edition, if I recall this correctly, is illegal. Okay. Hmm. Possession, reading, and so forth. Okay. 
Okay. Well, so, I'll have a look through my bookshelf. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I'm waiting for Germany to leave the euro and go back to the Deutschmark, and then I can trade in my billion dollar, um, yeah. <laughs> billion Deutschmark note. Uh, Martin, don't hold your breath. It, it won't happen anytime soon, I suppose. No. Although you never know with the current shenanigans going on, uh, gas prices, yeah. inflation, all the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do not know. Yes, we're recording this in July of 2026. Hmm. <laughs> the war, unfortunately, hasn't ended yet. Oh, no. <laughs> oh dear, no jokes aside, we're recording this in July uh, of 2022, and the war, unfortunately, is still going on. So, But back to a much safer uh, subjects, namely currencies. So the idea behind fiat currencies is actually to provide a non-commodity-backed entity that is still worth its, its salt in terms of you can use it as the basis to exchange goods and services. But in contrast to commodity-based hmm. uh, backed currencies, it's not backed by, by gold or something. Yeah, I mean, the well, old, yeah. yeah, I was going to... Um talk about that point because uh ahead, say, the, the central banks used to um cover their printed bits of paper with the a bunch of gold in a large building uh which they have pretty much all of them abandoned now if i'm not mistaken yeah because the trouble is basically you would have expanded that building a lot <laughs> yeah you want to put the gold into well, it, well, um... well also they found out that if they actually sell this gold then they and just Keep printing the money, it, it makes no difference. <laughs> exactly. And, and the trouble is basically, and this is where then alchemy and other kind of ma black magic comes in, mm. the amount of gold and other precious metals on this planet is limited. The amount of fiat currencies isn't. No, no, you just uh, need a printing press and some paper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. And some smart people that will look after the amount of money being distributed to avoid... Uh, concept like inflation and hyperinflation well you say that but this is um what the u.s have been doing for the last uh, i don't know 10 years i think uh just printing more money right well they plus they kept the, they kept their interest pretty much down yes mm. but the, but of course another very important property of a fiat currency is that it's regulated because typically, there's only one entity in charge of producing and distributing that currency, mm -hmm. which is typically, as as Martin pointed out already, typically a central bank. You have this in the UF, uh, you have this in the US, it's called the Federal Reserve. You have this in Europe, called it's the ECB, the European Central Bank. Mm -hmm. And you have this also in England, right? I think it's the name of this thing is called Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm wrong on this one, Martin. I don't live in the kingdom, so maybe you can enlighten us here. <laughs> no, we have one of these bank things as well. Yeah, yeah. It's not the FCA; it's something else, right? It's England or the or the kingdom does have a central bank, no? Yes, yeah. But then all the the splinter organizations like Scotland and Wales can issue their own currency, if I'm not completely mistaken. Uh, well, they, hmm. yes, they do, but they're all the same. Um, interchangeable, <laughs> okay. and they're all pounds, and they uh, have the same value, and they are all backed by the same entity. So it's not as though Scotland has its own central bank or anything like that. Okay, <clears throat> so mm. it's just the marketing rules. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> it's, 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 it's so to keep them 
you know, happy, happy, and <laughs> and thinking they're independent, which they are, <laughs> which of course they are. <laughs> Just down to a couple of votes, and then they're regaining their their, their independence, yeah. and then they can issue their own money, their real own money too. I think maybe so much for theory. Mm-hmm. Yes, but on to I mean yes, and and before I forget, be normally as I said, normally field currencies are regulated, and so the regulatory authority has a pretty good kind of grasp on how much money as in currency is being distributed in order to exactly avoid hyperinflation kind of to control the interest and all the rest of it uh, this is the short version of course economics uh, who are way more familiar with these with these subjects may kind of can, can provide little details will um, the corresponding links made in the show notes in contrast to this the cryptocurrencies do not expose these properties. But before we go into into what a cryptocurrency really is, maybe we should touch we maybe we should just some light on the history of this. Yeah, kind of. Uh, the first real cryptocurrency basically came into existence about thirteen years ago. It was called Bitcoin. There's mm-hmm. a guy called Satoshi uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. If it really is a guy, because it's just an alias, I think, to some extent, mm. who in the 2009 paper, and that detail will be in the show notes, described a system for a currency based on cryptological mechanisms. Yeah. And another of other mechanisms, essentially how the ledger is being built and how the transactions are verified and all the rest of it. So this is kind of um, the first, I think, real cryptocurrency. Funny enough, it's still the largest one in terms of people possessing Bitcoin and trading Bitcoin, all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, on the kind of, uh, on on Nakamoto, the the person, there's been some speculation and claims and all sorts in the last... um, few years right there's some some australian who who claims he is him but yeah it's all highly contested yeah i mean if you take a look at the at the at the at the at the the original paper the whole thing has a couple of interesting features built into it Uh for example the the uh the limited supply of bitcoins because according to the algorithm i described in the paper this mining process of generating new bitcoins eventually will run out so mm-hmm. there's a there's a limited cap or there's a cap built into into the algorithm that prevents for example exactly inflation because you cannot generate more than n bitcoins at the end of the day floating through the system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes uh, which makes it sound a bit like gold, really, doesn't it? Or any other, mm. um, let's say, uh, thing of no particular value that uh, you can't do anything with, but mm. people put their money into <laughs> as, as a you know, safe haven or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Not, not being, yeah. um, if, if they don't want to uh, use the fiat currency type systems. Correct, yes. I mean, what is interesting with all these, I'm tempted to say, cryptocurrencies is actually the fact that after the original design of Bitcoin, there was a slew of of cryptocurrencies being released. Mm. 
most of them known as elf coins, if I'm completely mistaken. Yeah, yes, I think that's the uh, because they're they aren't Bitcoin, they're they're alternatives. Mm. That's what elf coins. Yeah. yeah, I mean, most of them do have a couple of common traits. For example, there's a big transaction database called the Ledger. Mm-hmm. Comparable to a bank ledger, this contains a record of all the transactions ever conducted with that currency. Mm -hmm. Now, as you can imagine, uh, such a ledger actually can be quite big. For example, if I take a look at the, and we're recording this on the 14th of uh, July 2020, and I I have a Bitcoin reference implementation running in the background and at the moment the general letter, the, the general ledger clocks into or not the general ledger but rather the, the ledger the bitcoin ledger itself clocks mm-hmm. into at about 0.5 terabyte at mm-hmm. least according to my stats on the command line that i just did okay and that ledger has among other things a couple of interesting properties and i reckon that goes for any cryptocurrency, whether it's Dogecoin or Dogecoin, as Martin calls it. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Ethereum, all the rest of it. This ledger, essentially, or transaction consists of a uh, a couple of um, um, cryptographic keys, a timestamp, and an amount, if I recall this. It's it's a a from and a to address, right? Um... Uh, yes, the the keys, uh, the public keys, I think, are involved in this. But needless to say, because it's a public key infrastructure, you also need a private key. Mm-hmm. And the private keys, in addition to some other information, actually make up something called a wallet uh, that you can use to store your bitcoins in. Mm-hmm. So if okay. you ever lose that wallet, these bitcoins may be gone, because these contain the keys that you need in order to sell the amount attached to them. Well, when you say sell, what what do you mean by sell? As in selling, as in selling the uh, the contents of the wallet, if you want to basically say, if you want, if you have a well, wallet with, on your smartphone, yeah, yeah. The, well, the, this is the the trouble with uh, any cryptocurrency right now is that they're they're not really legal tender, um, except that some organizations are starting to accept them. I believe. Well, um, Starbucks. Maybe I'm wrong, but hang on. There's 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 a whole country called Venezuela, or is it something else? El, El Salvador, I think. El Salvador, yes, partly you're right. El mm. Salvador accepted them as a as a as a as a um, legal currency, if I'm not completely mistaken. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Other countries, including, for example, China, actually banned any cryptocurrency related activities, whether it's mining, mm. whether it's and we're going to go into what mining is in a minute. And, and and of course also trading, but there are places on this planet, and I can recall seeing at least a coffee shop or two in Denmark of all places that actually accepts or accepted okay. bitcoins. And yeah, there was example, uh, there, there was also some place in Japan right? they were quite um, yes. early adopters of this. But yeah, and if you go to any VPN provider, chances are that they also will accept bitcoins. Okay. Uh, not, not, say, not, not, needless. Yeah, not to mention the uh, the, the drug laws and other. <laughs> I, was just, uh, I was just about to talk about dark markets, Martin. Funny uh, enough, other, other uh, uh, 
of so people who want to be of, non-traceable. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So the likes of Silk Road um, mm. for for the younger of uh, for the younger ones of our listeners, Silk Road was a was a so-called was called dark dark market. Oh, was was it called Martin? A dark net marketplace, exactly. Thank you. Yes, That's sorry. Yes, indeed. So, <laughs> um, a dark a dark net marketplace is essentially mm. a place where illegal uh, goods and services are being traded, and yeah. more often than not, the accepted currency for this is actually Bitcoin. Mm. Um, you may want to just mention briefly what a dark that is for those who are not familiar with this. Probably everybody is, but yeah, just in case. Um, the, yeah, the, the darknet is essentially basically a portion of the internet where you need light to <laughs> serve and kind of do things. <laughs> Hence the notion. <laughs> I see. I see. If, if we ignore this, uh, yeah. Chris's it's joke, who, since Chris actually runs his own tour service, I believe. Uh, um, yes, but only relays. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Martin, in that case, why don't you provide a layman's interpretation of what, what a darknet is? Hmm. Um, yeah. Well, in, in short, it is really um, based on, on Tor routers that mean that you aren't uh, traceable. Um, as in normal normal network communication, as you source and destination IPs and so on. And Anyway, this is probably a topic for another episode. But, Indeed, uh, what is Tor, exactly? Yeah. So, but to put it simply, yeah, you, you are. It, it is a portion of the internet where IP addresses don't exist as such. Put it simply, <laughs> so trace, traceability is is in theory not possible. Yes, and the name I think comes from the fact that normal search engines cannot index that darknet for set reasons. Mm. I think this is where the name originally comes from, okay. but I may be wrong. Okay. So, if you have a Tor browser. Of course, you only need uh, the Onion address, and as I said, there will be an upcoming show on on the on the Onion router network, also known as Tor. All you need is actually the Tor address of the of the marketplace. Okay. Yes, I don't remember and, seeing this in the schedule. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Not not yet, Martin. Not yet. <laughs> It'll be then a minute or two. Carry on, carry on. So yes, so all you need is actually the, the Tor address of that marketplace and a couple of of bitcoins, and then you can give it a go. Mm-hmm. And need to say, kids, because yeah. funny enough, uh, how can I put this diplomatically? Most legal enforcement agencies have gotten wind of these marketplaces. So, if you want to buy your your kilo of coke, you want to make sure that you're talking to a legit <laughs> trader, so to speak. A legitimate legal exactly, and not to some. Fake trader, actually, uh, who is at the end of the day a, a member of the law enforcement community, <laughs> mm-hmm. because in that case, as in, re- in as in real life, you may encounter problems very soon. Yep. No jokes aside, uh, thing is basically most of the time these 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 marketplaces would be uh, would be in the in the business of of trading or facilitating trading of highly illegal of highly illegal goods and services and all that stuff. Is. So, uh, but you see, there's one common there's actually a big misconception here about bitcoins and untraceability because okay. yes, um, so because. You have a distributed ledger, as in you have a dist- you have a large database that is mm-hmm. attached to 
any transaction floating through the network because mm-hmm. that's exactly that's exactly what a general uh, uh, distributed ledger is. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably worth emphasizing this distributed nature, right? It's it's unlike it's not a central database as such. It's um, uh, anybody can run a copy of the transactions. Yes. <clears throat> so ledger, it, call it. Yep. Exactly. So uh, on one of my servers, actually, with enough disk space, there is this Bitcoin reference implementation running. Uh, giving me access and giving my wallets access to the Bitcoin network right then and right there. And as I said, this ledger clocks in. This is the local copy of the of that ledger mm. um, on my on my hard disk that clocks in now at half at almost half a terabyte. Okay. And and why because, why would you run such a ledger? Because I want to have instant access to a, <laughs> to the Bitcoin network rather than going through an exchange or something. Ah, okay, fair enough. Oh, so you, what, what is an exchange? Very good question, actually, Martin. An exchange is a trading platform. Because okay. not all people... Well, I mean, imagine the fact that... Or imagine the situation that you don't have Bitcoins, but you want to have some. What you do? I mean, of course, you could go to a darknet marketplace and, and sell your grandmother hmm. if you find a buyer for this and then have some Bitcoins. But, of course, there are much more legal ways to do this. Okay. So, for example, you could go to an exchange that hmm. simply takes your fiat currency, as in your euros, your dollars, your pounds, whatever, and gives mm-hmm. you bitcoins for this. Bitcoin okay. DE is such a marketplace. Needless to say, these marketplaces are because they have a physical location and they trade with fiat currencies. They would be under the regulation of the central or of the of the regulatory body. Let's put it this way: of the country they're residing in, mm-hmm. and also. As quite a few criminals have found out, initially anyway, Bitcoin was perceived as a good way to launder money. So that's exactly what put these marketplaces onto the radar of the law enforcement agencies. So if you now, for example, want to open an account at a marketplace here in Germany, say Bitcoin.de or something like this, yeah. you have to, of course, like with an ordinary, if you want to, like similar to, to opening an ordinary account at a normal bank, you do have to provide proof of identity. You have to provide your 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 verified home address and all the rest of it. More often than not, uh, you would have to provide a photo ID, because otherwise you mm-hmm. won't be able to open an account on that marketplace, on that exchange, for that matter. Okay, so instead you're running your own ledger, and so you don't have to do this, right? <laughs> <clears throat> well, um, the wallets associated with that with that with that server instance already contained Bitcoin that I, of course, bought at a uh, at an exchange. Ah, but okay. It's, but it's it's now basically you see basically if you wanna if you wanna trade using Bitcoins, uh, well you can go through an official exchange, but that has delays associated with it, or you can simply run your Bitcoin reference implementation that gives you access to the network then and there. So mm-hmm. if you want to send somebody Bitcoins, you can simply use that uh, use that tool. Um, somebody sends you a destination address, source address you generate on the fly, you attach the amount to it and simply mm-hmm. inject that, that transaction into the running Bitcoin reference implementation so that you don't have to go through a third-party provider that, of course, also charges charges money. Okay. Right. So we've covered the history. We covered bits and pieces of what um, um, cryptocurrency truly are. Essentially, a bunch of keys a money value attached, oh, sorry, a currency value attached to it as a value to, uh, value transaction uh, attached to it. Now, mm. maybe, Martin, maybe you're running a miner, right? 
if I'm not completely mistaken, or you used to run a minor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in not a small kid, but rather a miner, as in you, you mine cryptocurrencies. Why don't you explain what a miner does and why it's important? Well, I guess that goes back a little bit. If we go back a step, then, uh, well, if you think about your your mining in the olden days. Um, like kids in mines, like your well, children. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, valuable goods didn't just sort of mm. float, float by, right? They had to be dug out the soil or... Uh, People had to dig holes in the ground to try and find them, and so on. Whether it's gold or uh, coal or whatever it is, right? That, so, uh, so similarly, the uh, if we go back to the the concept of of uh, Bitcoin, which is based on a technology called blockchain, right? Um, uh, these blocks have to be mined, as as the word is 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 used uh, in in analogy to the. Uh, digging people um yeah so a, a miner is a guy who does the mining bit in this case a a um someone with a pc usually with a, a bunch of graphics cards because they're very good at um, calculating hashes um and because uh well with um something like bitcoin the whole um Let's say mining uh, 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 concept is based on the fastest guy who finds it first wins, right? So um, I think you're probably familiar with all the issues around it, uh, energy consumption around Bitcoin and uh, you know mining in general. But um, uh, doing any kind of of crypto mining is uh, resource intensive by definition because if it was too easy then um it would be too quick for example um and yeah so, so but the, the option is that um people with many well many hardwares or big and fast hardware are uh, generally finding more blocks right or you can get lucky uh it, in, exactly in, in a quick summary and exactly. <clears throat> Going into into a little bit more technical detail, essentially mm. what mining is, and I reckon, and Martin, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just using mm. Bitcoin as, a, as an example, sure. but okay. Ethereum was, works pretty much the same way. Mm. Uh, essentially, mining is confirming a couple of transactions. Um, well, more, of... More, more than a couple, though. It's, it's a block of transactions. Um, exactly. So every ten minutes, to be precise, at least on, on, on the Bitcoin blockchain, the transactions are being confirmed. And this is something called a proof of work, POW. In terms of a transaction consists, as explained just a minute ago, a transaction consists of a couple of hashes Hmm. um, in addition to some other meta information. And what the miners essentially do is they make sure that that any transaction on that blockchain is valid. Plus, in fact, that timestamps are being carried forward so, meaning that the miners are responsible to a certain extent to ensure that double spending doesn't take place. Now, what is double, mm. uh, now what is double spending? Essentially, double spending is an illegal action <laughs> where you, to put it that way, if that was possible, where you essentially would spend a Bitcoin amount twice, mm. as in you would generate oh, two not, sets not, of hashes. Yeah, the, the, the same... Um amount right which you don't have 
Let's put it that way. I mean, you can obviously spend two, 50 bitcoins twice, but they're not the same. <laughs> well, you see, this is exactly it, Martin. Yeah. You would generate the same hashes with the sa- attached to the same amount. Mm-hmm. But because timestamps are included and mm-hmm. the and the miners actually prove through something called a proof of work and details will be in the show notes, the stuff and, and, and the details are quite mathematical, so I won't go into the level of technical detail. Ensure that only a val- that only a set of valid transactions can enter the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Because uh, in combination with the timestamps, you cannot roll back a transaction. So mm-hmm. if you would try to spend a Bitcoin amount twice, it would A, be detected, and B, it wouldn't be possible. Yeah, well, you touched upon an interesting point there. I mean, it's um, the, the, the this has to be approved by a majority of the... Um, let's say the nodes in the network as well, right? It's not that Correct, one yes. one miner can say, "Oh, yeah, you, your transactions valid." It's uh... hence the hence the consensus protocol. The Byzantine hmm. general ring a bell, but as I said, we won't go into the internet level of detail. Uh, there will be a couple of of links in the show notes, so people, if you want to max yourself out, just follow these links. The original idea is actually quite well described. Describe quite well. Anyway, it doesn't matter. In in um, uh, in in um, Satori's original or primeval paper. Um, I don't think also... it's primeval. <laughs> Sorry, pri- what's that? Is that sort of the word I'm looking for? Primeval. primeval. Is... <laughs> no. Um... Original. Original. Let's stick to original. Uh, yeah. Um, um, paper. Primeval um... is is before the dawn of man, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yes. And plus also the nature of these proofs of work ensure that the amount of Bitcoins, and I'm just sticking to Bitcoin as an example, that mm-hmm. the number of Bitcoins will remain finite. Mm-hmm. Finite? Finite. In terms of yep. it, 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 it won't grow forever because at the current rate, I think 2042 is full stop is, is, is in terms of then the whole mining process will end. After which, and again, the details are in the are in the paper. After which, <clears throat> the miners will only get a, a cut of the transactions. In terms yep. of, in, in contrast to getting real newly minted bitcoins, as it is the case now. Mm. What's the the value they're getting these days? Good Can question. Um, it, you, okay. it used to be one worry. point something bitcoins, but I think that's a fortune these uh, days. Yeah, it keeps being reduced. Right? <laughs> anyway, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, so you mentioned proof of work. Um, I believe there are other um, methods as well. Do you have any examples? I don't. Ah, okay. But essentially, um, proof of work is well breaking breaking it down to a mathematical concept. Is essentially hmm. it's determining a set of hashes that is smaller than the original, which is mathematical computing it's... intensive. Well, it's it's just guessing, really. You're um, you're, you're guessing the outcome of a hash, right? Which mm-hmm. you don't know the the input for. <laughs> you're uh, yeah. and if... well, that's the exact nature of the POW. Yeah, yeah. And this um, st- and that doesn't stand for prisoner of war for a change. <laughs> I'm not, joking. Not, not, not right now. <laughs> uh, anyway, the other one is proof of stake, right? Which is a, a slightly different way of of um, verifying. But um, yeah, we don't have to worry um, about these things too much. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just using Bitcoin example, but given the yeah. fact that you are the unknown Ethereum miner on the planet that is able to buy to buy whole countries with that sort of cash, <laughs> um, I reckon it, in, in Ethereum. I don't, it's I don't quite, think it's any countries similar, run on right? Ethereum right now. <laughs> Not yet, no. Um, hmm. Well, this Ethereum. Is, yeah, it's, it's, full this is the reason why Mr. Visa has to uh, has to engage uh, something called exchanges. <laughs> the um, yeah, um, well, I- Ethereum is is a more modern um, interpretation of the the, the blockchain. Um, but I guess the main thing that we ought to um, also address is kind of the transaction rates. That um, because you know you could spend the whole broad, uh, podcast on Ethereum, right? There's so many. Things about it and the uh, fork and, and this and that, the other and the DAOs and so on. Um, so, I think what's relevant for well, relevant what we should probably tackle in this episode is the um, uh, the TPS issue and the let's say the the energy issue, right? That comes with these things. Reckon. Yeah, since since all greater Greatest calls are rooted to you, Martin. Why don't you give it a shot? <laughs> because I simply well, cannot deal with that sort of stuff. Oh, okay. Well, if you, I mean, I've, I don't know if you, if you ever came across this, but um, so Bitcoin has a limit of, I guess, how many transactions per second? A couple of thousand, right? Not more than, not more than that. Seven. <laughs> Fair so enough. As, as a payment technology, it's a little bit flawed. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, in, in contrast, if you think like any sort of credit card company out there, they deal with a lot more, right? So, um, so this is what one of the things that certain um, certain crypto technologies try to address. Um, uh, one one of the being being Ethereum, which is uh, after the uh, after the finally Ethereum two will be sorted, it will. Um, be able to do up to 24,000 a second. But, uh, so what's the difference between Ethereum and Ethereum 2? Well, uh, Ethereum 2 is where they will have um, sharded change, so chains, blockchains, right? So if you have one one chain and you've got to all work on that one, then yes, the transaction rate is obviously limited by, by that, whereas if you can have many of them, you essentially do it in parallel. So... Um, which comes with hence its own complications, but yeah. Hence the term shards, okay, like like yes. in the database sense, okay. Yeah, good. indeed. Yeah, but it's it's uh, it's well overdue. In fact, it's because it's quite a complex piece of um, yeah, to do all that. Um, yeah, so so I mean, there are some uh, some other ones that have increased this as well. With you know, there's so many of these things out there anyway, um, and they're all trying to solve different. Uh, issues, problems with original Bitcoin, um, as well as try to yeah uh, uh, improve on certain things. Um, I don't know if you men- remember one of the episodes I mentioned um, a technology called Nerva. Okay, the, the biggest issue with um, lots of these uh, mining activities is that they are very suited to um, GPU cards. Um, because of the nature of the uh, calculations need to be done. So 
Uh, what happened was that everybody started buying all the GPU cards in the world, and you can find one uh, for love or money. I don't know if you've ever seen the, the, the pictures of, of some of these mining operations, but um, even, uh, let's say, GPU-based laptops weren't safe. Okay. So, uh, so, so Nerva is actually um, built in some uh, bits in the code that mean that you cannot um, uh, running it on a GPU would have no advantage. So you can just do CPU mining instead. Um, no, no it available. Me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was one of the reasons why China banned all cryptocurrency, especially. Bitcoin transactions because of the energy consumption, no? Energy consumption, yes, correct. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> well, China were a, uh, well, uh, if not the biggest, uh, one of the biggest single countries that, uh, uh, you know, um, started uh, doing the mining. Uh, mining haven comes to mind. On an industrial scale. Um <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, other, others are places like um, the Nordics, right? Because what you can do is you can shove your uh, your, uh, your mining farm in some cold underground bunker where you don't have to uh, spend a lot of energy cooling stuff. So, therefore, sure. because the, the, the trade-off is clearly, you know, you, you're spending energy to uh, do your mining. Um but you've got to pay for this as well. So somewhere where there's cheap uh, electricity and somewhere where you don't have huge cooling costs is a ideal place for, for mining, clearly. Uh, one of them being Iceland. Um, but you see, the trouble with Iceland is, of course, if you, if you just dig deep enough, you will hmm. hit some thermal energy source. Yes. And yes, if you, want to and avoid if you that go bit. beyond <laughs> this... <laughs> Martin, and if you do... Too far. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You don't want to be present when it all blows up. Uh, no, 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 that's very true. So kids, careful out there. Don't do your mining in Iceland unless you know what you're doing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, those are some of the... What else were we talking about? Um, uh, however, so, so since... In the Ethereum context, you want to touch on smart contracts while we're at it? Can do, can do. Uh, yeah. I, 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 Go ahead, we, Martin. So okay. I don't have to do all the talking. Uh, well, you can do it as well if you want to. But, no. I know. Just go ahead, Martin. You're you you you're the crypto expert among the, among the two of us. Not really. Not really. Um, <laughs> where were we? Yeah, smart contracts. So, um, well, you all, you know, you have. Um, I think are you renting? You're renting an apartment, aren't you? So, you hasn't changed. <laughs> yes. So you have a paper contract, right? Um, yes. So, so the idea behind uh, smart contracts. Well, let's start with the idea, right? The idea behind smart contracts is that this is an automatically enforced contract to start with. So let's say you're renting your apartment, it has some electronic locks. The, the, the contract itself has rules in them. So a rule could be Chris pays, I don't know, a thousand euros a month for his apartment. If he doesn't pay, he can't get into his apartment, right? So so this is the... Um, that's the, the idea behind the smart contract is that they are automatic. Once it's on the uh, on the blockchain, it cannot be changed, and um, it is automatically enforced, depending on the rules that are in it. Right, so the rules are part of the of the contract itself. Uh, that is part that is written to in stone on the blockchain. So, so rather than an amount, it's just actually a piece of software, more or less. Correct. Correct. It is a piece of software. Yes. 
Um, and so, yeah, so the idea behind that is that you're doing away with lawyers and all sorts of uh, complications like that. But obviously the downside is that um, if you miss a payment, you can't get into your house. Uh, <laughs> whereas with with a you know with a normal contract and a landlord, you can say, "Oh, can you please open my door because um, I just my phone dropped in the toilet, so I can pay you or something like that." <laughs> so this is the that's one of the downside of these things. But in theory, the the nice thing is that um, yeah, there is no again a, a part of decentralization and getting rid of uh, middlemen like banks and lawyers and stuff like that. Mm. That's the, the whole idea that about gob- all yeah. yeah. The people Very that gobble up the money in between, yes. Yes, yes. Indeed, indeed. So that was one of the, um, yeah, the things that, that Ethereum, Ethereum introduced. Uh, as well as, yeah, I mean, there's all these things like smart apps and so on, that, um, uh, things like he also introduced and so on. Um, however, yeah, in terms of mainstream adoption, the uh, yeah, there isn't apart from uh, El Salvador, there hasn't been much um, in daily life that has changed yet um, for mm. most people. So, so that, that kind the background, of background, yeah. yes. So we that kind of begs, begs the question: What is the use or the point of cryptocurrencies, in your opinion? Indeed, yes. Well, money laundering comes to mind big time. We, we, we tackled all. We tackled this already. Yes. So, kids, if you want to launder money, don't do it through through Bitcoin, just in case. Because if you don't do it through Tor or other anonymization mechanisms, you can be it can be traced. Unlike mm-hmm. cash, in terms of um, fiat currencies, that cannot be traced if done correctly. Yeah. Don't use. Bitcoins or cryptocurrencies for money laundering mm. and any associated activities. Cash, of course, is that it needs physical transportation in comparison and storage and so on. But yeah, that's the only drawback. Mm. So, you know, if you have uh, a pile of cash in your house and Bura comes in, he will take your pile of cash, but he will not take your wallet, right? Um, well, your Bitcoin uh, or your true, but you wallet. see, if you have if you have crocodiles in the basement, that gore, <laughs> that vault, <laughs> never mind some other deterrents. Let's put it this way: okay. uh, hiding huge amounts of cash is not an issue. Okay, okay. Well, I didn't know you had and, crocodiles in Frankfurt, but hey, that's, but <laughs> you live in Martin, them. <laughs> the, the, there's a document. There's a famous documentary, basically, um, uh-huh. uh, called Jurassic Park. I don't know if that rings a bell. <laughs> There was this weird scientist that brought back dinosaurs. Yes. And Martin, between you and me, because nobody else is listening anyway, this was just the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) (laughs) So crocodiles are just the harmless Mm. variety here. The the possibilities, I wouldn't say are endless, but they can be... You must have a pretty big basement. Anyway. (laughs) I can't really talk about the details. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. So the point that I'm making is actually yeah. there are means and ways that where, where uh, cash yeah. actually in your house can be safeguarded quite well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of piling a tiny fraction of that cash into proper research. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. 
Um, well, that is there. Um, yes, yeah. the, the adoption of, of cryptocurrencies as a general currency. Uh, you'll hmm. see this actually in, in the likes of El, of El Salvador and all the rest of them. Um, but on the other side, you have countries like China that are completely banning crypto-based transactions. And then you have well, Europe, which is hum- somewhere uh, between. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not entirely sure of what, what China are actually doing in, in this terms, but you, they can't really ban crypto transactions, right? Um, I suppose they could ban mining as such, but even then, how would you? I suppose the bigger, the bigger, um, uh, the bigger mining organizations would draw a lot of power, so they're quite easy to spot. But you see, if you ban all exchanges from a country, you have to resort to external marketplaces if you want to trade your cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Yes, and I guess this is, China they and, have their uh, restrictions. Exactly, there, and unless you yeah. use kind of tumblers, you can monitor the cash mm. flows coming from foreign exchanges, and that's exactly what China does. Okay. So even if you trade your your cryptocurrencies on the foreign marketplace, if the amount is just large enough, the the, the regulatory authorities will notice, and that's exactly the point of time when you when you are in hot water. Hmm. Well, they still have to trace you, you know. But, yeah. um, I suppose they're pretty good at that in China. Well, in that case, kids, if you want to do it through China, don't resort on uh, don't resort to bank accounts. <laughs> Word of advice. I'm just hmm. saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You could always give the cash to something called the Linux in-laws. The email address yes. is sponsor at linuxinlaws.eu. <laughs> Cash or in case you're wondering, yes, are crypto are currencies accepted? No worries. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so yeah. Uh, what are we? Well, I, I guess the if we talk about mainstream adoption, the biggest mainstream adoption I think we've seen is um, uh, people using it as an investment vehicle rather <laughs> than anything else. Um, or people out there might want to want to make a quick buck because. Cryptocurrencies and especially Bitcoin are highly volatile. I mean, about half a year, yeah. well, October, September timeframe last year, or was it even November? I can't remember. Bitcoin was clocking in at 65 grand or something like this as in US dollars mm, yeah. per Bitcoin, and now it's down to about 20. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about the third within about eight months or something like this. Yeah, but if you think about it from the point of view of, uh, the, the original initial years in the early 2010s, then um, uh, there was the guy who paid 10 bitcoins for a pizza or something, wasn't he? I can't remember who he was, but uh, famous story. Um, uh, the, the guy with, with the lost hard drive and who basically tried to secure a hmm. oh, legal case, before. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, rubbish dump, yes, <laughs> rubbish dump, exactly. Yes. Thank you very much. Because he's he apparently suspected that the hard drive was on this rub it was in this rubbish dump, hmm. and I reckon you're talking about an acre or two. I don't know, but large anyway. So okay, well, why don't you explain to listeners why this hard drive is of relevance? Well, if you have a wallet on your hard drive, this is where you, this is where you where your hashes are in terms yes. of the transaction or, or or the or the bitcoins that are stored in your wallet. So why, as would we touched you... upon before. Because, because with drive. because without that wallet, you cannot you cannot uh, trade these bitcoins. The, the, these wallets contain your hashes that is, that is that are attached to this amount. 
Um, yeah, so actually there are many, many different wallets out there as well, right? Um, okay, I'm just so, talking so, about a Bitcoin wallet, that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, it, could talk, it doesn't have to be a Bitcoin wallet. It could be two, um, but in that case, it actually was a Bitcoin wallet. It, yes, yeah, that usually is. Um, but um, yeah... So, so, so you, you can store your Bitcoin wallet wherever you want. Actually, you can also print out the ashes. Yes, it's the the private keys are cool, in there, right? Ex exactly for cold storage. Except that's exactly yeah. it, Martin. Yes. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, so okay. Let, let's say um, uh, Chris has ten bitcoins. What can he? Where can he keep them? Apart from his basement. <laughs> Well, he can buy probably a small Central American country with this in about five <laughs> years' time when, 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 when Bitcoin finally rebounds, I suppose. Mm. No, I can keep it on. The full, I, I can, of course, print out the hashes. I can mm. keep them in a soft, in a piece of data called a file. In terms mm -hmm. of a file on ordinary hard disk drive, or there mm -hmm. are also something called hardware wallets. Yeah. Uh, Ledger is probably being the best example, where you actually can store them on a USB um, stick-like device, mm -hmm. which is hardened in terms of software and and um, access and all the rest of it. Yeah. So if you take the the Ledger as an example, it's got with a pin. It's uh, the software is hardened. Mm -hmm. And it's access secure, as in it contains a piece of crypto hardware that that is not being that cannot be broken easily, if the manufacturer's specifications are anything to go by. Mm -hmm. Details maybe in the show notes. Yep. Um, yeah. However, then you're back to a physical device, right? So it's it's essentially a USB key, yes, mm. with a little bit of of software on it and, and a display. But okay. The so, is, so, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it supports multiple cryptocurrencies. Mm. So mm. it's Bitcoin, it's Ethereum, and it basically it allows you to install so-called apps and and Ledger. If you want to send us money, the email address from the yes. Linux Linux spot that they use, or even one of these <laughs> devices with some stuff on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, always love to people, yeah. but anything less than one Bitcoin probably won't be accepted. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, you can think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Not a problem. No, joke okay. aside. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm just using Ledger as one example. Of course, there are alternatives available. The thing is, basically, most of these USB-like devices or USB stick-like devices support multiple, multiple currencies. For example, a Ledger allows you to upload a couple of, of applications that handle your, your different cryptocurrencies for you. Mm. The Ledger, in my position, is actually mm. able to handle Ethereum, Bitcoin, and some other uh, altcoins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so just to clarify, the the wallet doesn't hold any cryptocurrency as such, right? It's um, the the fact that you've done a transaction, um, which is recorded on the blockchain, means that um, your your destination address um, owns those um, owns those uh, that currency. Um, yes. Yeah. It's essentially the hashes. With the metadata attached, and the metadata mm. actually holds the amount. Yeah. Or contains the amount. Yes, that's what works. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. Okay. So yeah, one with Sauron. Good. Good. Good point. Hmm. Uh, so Martin, where is this going? Where is this going? Well, um, okay. So the whole kind of historical concept was about um, uh, decentralization, right? And uh, cutting out the middlemen. And um, beating the system, exactly, yes. Yes. Uh, which then turned into a, uh, yeah, all the, uh, uh, let, let's say, uh, shady characters <laughs> finding a, a very handy use for, for this. Um, As usual. <laughs> yes. So, uh, where's it going? Hmm. I mean, the whole decentralization bit is great, but um, if we think about societies and um, we have laws for reasons, right? And the people controlling uh, these things. So this is where that kind of whole decentralization piece falls down a little bit. It's like, you know, so someone steals your Bitcoin, what are you going to do about it? Nothing, right? Whereas if someone um, empties your bank account, you have a bank that says, there you go, you have your money back. Um, because our security was rubbish, uh, <laughs> or you made a mistake, whatever it is, right? So, so yeah, it's there are you can argue both sides of that um, uh, argument, right? But, um, yeah, Martin, but I reckon the amount of people that will go to the police after their hmm. cash was stolen <laughs> that hmm. has that has come from something called laundered money will be quite limited. <laughs> Yes, they will probably resort <laughs> to other measures. But... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Depending on the amount that was stolen. So kids, if you want to steal some, some cash as a physical cash from somebody, you want to make sure that you suss out your tire before because mm. otherwise there will be consequences. And I'm not but, talking about the, the easy ones, like a jail mm. So I'm talking about much, much more drastic issues. Mm. As in um, you may lose your life. Yes, either, either way, it's not advisable. Um, we, exactly. We, 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 kids don't steal in the first place. No, exactly. No, I'm just saying, yeah. kids don't yeah. see it. That, that's, that's a, it's as simple yeah. as that. Kids or, Whether from or, crooks or not, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no. Well, yes, there, there are. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of No, my... I mean, jo jokes aside, Martin, yeah. I, I, mm. as you said, there, there are a couple of sides to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Never mind China banning the whole thing or not. Hmm. And the volatility that is out there in the market, I think cryptocurrencies are here to stay. For uh, yes, yes. Uh, but it really depends on the use case where you see a significant adoption going forward. Hmm. Well, so, you, for example, you see the whole whole this, argument yeah. from the from the you know the all the national banks right, they're all arguing now oh, should we uh, ban it or adopt it or what should we do with it, all that kind of stuff. And the argument is usually that um, it's not regulated, right? So. Yeah, but Martin, this is the old guilt argument, no? I mean, if if you have a guilt of sorts, say for example, you're in the you're in the business of making cars, mm -hmm. um, you establish a guilt like the VDA, uh, uh, guilt, the German Association the, of guilt, guilt with a D. You mean? Yes, sorry, guilt with a D, yeah. as in the trading yeah. association. Yes, yeah. like the VDA, <laughs> the German the, the German Car Makers Association. Needless uh -huh. to say, this is a regulatory body in itself because what guilts prevent and that hasn't really changed over the last couple of millennia mm. is actually competition as in keeping them at bay mm. so i fully get the idea that most central banks wouldn't support crypto uh, cryptocurrencies because a 
its competition and be a cannabis re regulator from their perspective. Whereas hard cash can, in terms of the amount of oh, cash, cash distribution and, and, stuff, right? yeah, and yeah. whatever, and the amount uh, of cash you print and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Cryptocurrencies mm -hmm. do not fall into that into into roster. And that's exactly the reason why most central banks are not exactly in favor of cryptocurrencies. Simple as that. Yeah, because exactly. at the end of the day, for them, for, from their perspective, it's competition. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah, um, and you could also argue that uh, in some ways, um, e even if they are decentralized and stuff, there was a there are examples of the communities looking after themselves in in, for example, the case of the the DAO hack right for, for Ethereum, where they um, just decided to you know uh, do a fork and and reverse the uh, the transaction because it was some guy who. A lot of money, so um, Martin, because you're close to this, and if if you if you want to go into the details, I mean, explain what you can about this. <laughs> uh, well, it, if you want to leave it that, that's quite, okay too. Quite, quite a long story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so details yeah. may not be in, may or may not be in the show notes, depending yeah, on, it's, on it's, Martin's it's, level of privacy. It's, it's quite well <laughs> well known this 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 one. Um, but yeah, so the the point was that um, yeah, uh, even the, uh, the the uh, the the miners and the the majority that looks after a, a cryptocurrency can do something about it, right? Even if um, things may seem like you know, but they can do something. The only thing they can do is obviously um, fork the chain because the chain is immutable. But um, yeah. Uh, or if they want to do this, you can. They, they have to control it. They have to do it in a controlled fashion, like the like the Bitcoin fork. Because at some stage there was there was a chain, there was a change. Sorry, there was a change in the algorithm, but the community okay. decided how, hmm. on when and how to fork this. Okay. To ensure that the blocks that the blockchain never mind the change in the algorithm stays intact. Hmm. And mm. That's exactly the, the the democratic approach to something called uh, to something called cryptocurrencies, because yeah. at the end of the day, the communities has be because through adoption, and this is where the nicely back a segue into open source. Because if you take a look at the Bitcoin reference implementation, it's a C plus code based on GitHub. Simple as that. You mm. clone it, you you compile it, you run it, and then okay. you're part of the community. So in contrast to a central bank. The community decides. Now, you could make the case that a central bank has a community too. But in mm. contrast to the cryptocurrency community, this whole thing is very controlled because a central bank decides who's going to be part of the community, whereas you, being a enthusiast or whatever you want to call it, or whatever you want to self call it, uh, or whatever what you, you yourself uh, want to call yourself, is that, is, that, is, that, is that making sense? Probably not. <laughs> Whatever you want to call yourself. Sorry. Yes. Uh -huh. day. Okay. You can join the community and then through your contributions, you can make that change or not. Mm -hmm. Whereas central bank is regulated and calls the shots on that level. Mm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah it does. Yes. Good point indeed. So you, and this is the very, and this is the very core meaning of of open source at the very at the very center you decide what goes and what doesn't yep in contrast to this well obviously uh, not, not, not somebody you else on, doesn't not you by yourself right <laughs> uh, but yeah. 
you at least have a vote. Right? Exactly. Before okay. people start wondering what the what the heck the open source angle is on this one. <laughs> oh, code's open source. Yeah. And I mean that the principles are similar as well, right? So it's yes. It's very relevant. <laughs> Ask me. <laughs> okay. Anything so, else? any 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 parting thoughts before we wrap this up? Any parting thoughts? Well, uh, I guess one parting thought is that um, uh, I was in Israel in 2015, I think, and I was talking to a taxi driver and said, "Oh, yeah, I've bought I don't know 10,000 bitcoins or something because it's going to be brilliant." <laughs> so, um, anyway, so um, he was right. And I wasn't. <laughs> I <Okay. won't. laughs> Have yeah, you so. kept taps on? I don't, him I don't know his name anymore. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you don't yeah. know whether he's still working or not, as in for a living. Uh, one would doubt it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, um, that's my point. Uh, okay, any comments and, and feedback are of course is, is of course much appreciated. The email address is feedback at linuxinlos.eu. And with that, if there's no other topics to discuss on the subject, we might as well do the poxies. Okay. Go ahead. Martin, now do you have a pox? I have a pox. Hmm. I don't Excellent. know if it's a pox or not. It's, it's the weather, really. Um, ah, now we go. Here we go again. <laughs> Which is the our English, usual... Uh, the, yes. the, English, the English residents complain about the weather. No, Martin, yes. let, me, let me double check, actually. The temperature has broken the record of 21.5 degrees, as in Celsius, as in centigrade, in the UK. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that would be a reason for complaining. Of course, I get it. No, no, it's the end of the world, you know. It's the uh, the trains don't work and the tarmac's melting and schools have to close. It's, it's, this is what happens. <laughs> I mean, why why would why shouldn't Britain be any different from Germany? I wonder in that case because trains don't work either, mm. and schools are not on a Irrespective of the temperature. <laughs> exactly, exactly, Martin. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Very true. So no worries. Yes. Yeah. So that was my pox or antipox. Hmm. Antipox. Speaking of antipoxes, I have one too. It's it's the oh, yeah. HPAP episode thirty six thirty one. Oh. And Ken, this is for you if you're listening, and I'm sure you are. Ken, um, yes, uh, people check it out on on Hacker Public Radio. It's actually the community news for June 2022, uh -huh. where, Ken bitterly where Ken and Dave are bitterly complaining about the audio quality. But oh. <laughs> people, if, if, if to get the following comment, you have to listen to the show, and please do. Fully, I, I fully recommend listening to this. Yeah, um, where the two. Yeah, the comment was actually that the that the audio quality of of a podcast called LinuxInlaws.eu could be improved, oh. whereas Dave and Ken were apparently sitting in a laundry um, saloon, <laughs> for want of a better word, because you could hear you could you, yes you could you could hear the washing machine washing machine spinning in the background quite clearly. Never mind okay. the other audio impact. So Ken and and Dave, I, I'm just putting a leg now. Full disclosure. There's an old German saying that translitery that that translates into something called if you want if you're sitting in the glass house don't throw don't throw stones, and <laughs> it comes close in that regard. We have we have something with pot and kettle in the UK, I think. <laughs> exactly. 
this is what um calling a kettle a pot or something or something vice versa right no the kettle calling the pot black yeah. yes exactly thank you martin you're welcome and uh but on the same note, this is say full credits have to go out to public, public Hacker Public Radio yes. for hosting us. Definitely. Yes, Definitely. very important. Yep. Uh, Ken, Dave, and 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 friends, as in mm. as in HPR admins, disregard that joke. You're doing a brilliant job, and we love you. Very important. On to the poxies, as in the picks of the week. Mine is now actually called the bad guys. It's a movie. Oh, Funny yes. enough, yeah, you've seen this. Um, I meant to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. Ah, uh, Martin, please do. If you have, if you want to have lava too, that's that's the thing to go. And without revealing too much here, it's a bunch of crooks deciding to mm. give it another shot, but kind of from a, after after the after the conversion, let's put it this way, in terms of they have done enough evil stuff and now they want to do some good stuff. Mm. It's a it's an animated movie. But it's 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 not kid stuff. Let's 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 be clear on this. It's like rather targeted at an adult audience, but it's very funny, especially the way it's portrayed and the, the okay. and, and the scripting is just beautiful. And I, oh. I really liked it. Details, of okay. course, will be in the show notes. It is a U, by the way. So. It is what? A U. It's a U. Hmm. As in, um. it's even safe for you to watch. In rating, so yes, <laughs> it's not even PG. It's just you. Okay, fair enough. It could yes. have been me, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but rating, not to worry yeah. about this. Just just watch it. Yes, yes. no, it's it's quite it's quite safe. But probably being a six year old, you won't get the majority of the jokes. Just put it this way. Ah, we're good. We're good. But it's a fun movie for for kids of all ages. Let's put it this way. Fair enough. Okay. Excellent. And with that, people. Mm. Thanks for listening. This is the Linux in-laws. You come for the knowledge. But stay for the madness. Thank Thank you you for for listening. listening. This podcast is licensed under the latest version of the Creative Commons license. Type attribution share alike. Credits for the intro music go to Blue Sea Roosters for the song Salad Market to Twin Flames for their piece called The Flow, used for the segment intros, and finally to Celestial Ground for their song Sweet Justice, used by the Dark Side. You'll find these and other ditties licensed under CC at Chimando, a website dedicated to liberate the music industry from choking copyright legislation and other crap concepts. (laughs) 